uh, Roman, did you watch the uh, Indiana Jones trailer? I did. I thought of you the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it actually looks good. I looks can't. Great. I can't believe it. I'm like, oh, holy! <laughs> this looks great. I'm so fucking excited <laughs> for it. Huh? Really? Yeah. Indiana like Jones is for losers. Oh, it looks no, fun. You're wrong. They're leaning into the fact that they're, they're leaning into the fact that he's old. And <laughs> no, I, I watched the trailer also. It does look pretty good. Yeah, I just like his voice and the way he says things, mm. and the way the noise he makes when he punches people is really good. I kind of want to uh, see him as India. Sure, whatever. In a and I, I guess would have to be a Marvel movie, but I want to see him and Michael Douglas as the original Ant-Man, just in a buddy flick, a buddy adventure flick. Indiana oh. Jones and Ant-Man? Yeah, mm-hmm. but original Ant-Man. Is is original Ant-Man the wife abuser? Michael Douglas. Yeah. I've in never the read movie. the issue where he beats the wife. I don't think he, yeah, he didn't do it. He's I innocent. He I thought he hit her. I thought there he, was a he, he backhands he was, her. He was innocent in the script. And the artist, yeah. the artist added the backhand and, and really? ruined that guy's life. Yeah, yeah. The script just had him like frustrated and man, this work. And the artist has him slap. Um, wow. Yeah, that changes things. presents perfectly acceptable podcast episode 295 it's a comic book podcast that these three buddies and these three professionals these these three professionals from hoboken discuss comic books all of the ones they read because we run a comic shop and love each other even if the comics industry is trying to tell us that we should have not even done a podcast this week because there's like six comics we're like you know what a week off pish posh Pish posh, I say. We're going to do it because how else am I going to figure out what Roman ate for food today (laughs) than doing a podcast with him? I'm Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. That was good. Um, It was tight, guys. We were almost never that tight. No, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a good uh, I think that's a good pace that we should probably like. I'm going to work really, really hard on not interrupting anybody and just kind of keep keep everything moving. If if got a voicemail from Will Elmer. He's hard to interrupt. Hello and happy episode 295. Um, You know, I thought you guys were done for the year, but I guess you have two more weeks technically. Um, So now I have to think, and that's kind of hard right now. Like Marvel Snap has taken pretty much all of my brain space. Um, So, you know, I thought maybe we could just hit me with like best of year type of stuff here. Um, This is terrible, but, uh, you know, it's what you're going to get from me. Listen, it's December. We're all tired. We're all, uh, you know, ready for taking a break. So how about we just go with, like, your favorite three reads of the year so far? Um, so far. What am I doing? What am I talking about? <laughs> Should I re-record this? No. One take. We're going to do this in one take. Um, yeah. Three favorite reads from this year. So looking forward to hearing it. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. I think I will- is a little bout of insecurity and then confidence was my favorite part of that it was like an episode I of Ted Lasso. No, i've got this <clears throat> yeah it was. can i okay i really like will i really yeah. hate that question you hate being asked <laughs> to make lists 
but I've got I got can I pitch another one that I think okay. if Will had done a second take, I think he would have he would have arrived at this. I want to do the Will one, but I think we need to do it in its like own episode, or I at least need some time to think about it. So let's let's do that. Okay, I think that's a great idea. God, what you look if beautiful right now for this one? Yeah. Why don't we say three things that we wish we'd, we'd read this year? Okay. Or that, that we would aspire to read. <clears throat> Man. I can start. Please do. My Nightwing, is... your turn. Uh, uh, Texas Blood, that Texas Blood. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, this, I'm sorry for leaving you out, Roman. You've read every comic that's come out in the last 45 <laughs> no, I, years. I, I, no, I actually I actually had one. Um, oh, I wish I'd read um, that that big honking graphic novel, Monster, Monsters by... Oh. oh. Yeah. I'm going to put my other two on there as monsters and my favorite thing is monsters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Those are, those are excellent, excellent books that I wish you'd read too. Yeah. Two really fatty books that I actually did read somehow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say, well, I wish that like I had finished that. I Sandman. wish that you did different in your life. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I know. But you're, you're, you don't tell me about them. So you're a cool. floppy boy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a little, you're a little watery floppo. <laughs> watery floppo um, is very good. It's very good. Uh, Roman, sorry, you had some more things before we walked, just oh. trampled all over. No, no. You. Now I'm just thinking about watery floppo. He was my he was my favorite character in the original Willow movie. He was uh, great in that. Also, <laughs> favorite favorite part of the Cheers gang. Like mm, favorite yep. yeah. character that was just a stalwart, you know? Yeah. He's a good drummer yeah. too. Fantastic He'd always walk drummer. in after after uh, Norm and everybody go, watery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he would just sort of <laughs> flip flop in, you know, like a, <laughs> like a little fish boy. <laughs> he said the real punchlines. They just kept cutting before watery was, was on camera. <laughs> I know. It's like a it's... Cheers episode 1.1. I was watching a, a doc about it, and uh, apparently they they had proactively hired him, and then they got so insecure about having an actor named Watery Floppo <laughs> that uh, they they started just actively cutting his scenes. So you'd get these like Wateries halfway through a sentence or a joke, and like you're saying, they would cut it off. Yep, yep. Diane would walk in, and everyone would turn their head or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying if you tragic. have the gall to hire Watery <clears throat> Floppo, especially before he had like kind of the breakout performances, if you have the gall, you got to stick with, you know, the confidence to give him the parts because 100%. it's only when you, you know, start letting Watery Floppo say the words that the magic happens. And he didn't really hit his stride until Harmony Corinne discovered him. Oh, my God. Harmony <clears throat> Corinne. That's a, that's a song. We could do a whole another podcast on that. <laughs> that period alone. Yeah. Sandman is one of my other ones. Yeah, okay. Do you have another one, Roman? Um, Anything else? Oh, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm oh, not reading that, I eh? I was reading that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this is a real recent one, and I, I uh, we sold it. We had a copy of, um, I think it's uh, is it 500 Years of Indigenous something, another graphic novel we had on the huh. Indigenous Heritage Month display, and it was yeah. kind of tabloid size and just all about I know, can't indigenous history. Five hundred years it's, of indigenous resistance comic book revised and expanded. Yeah, yeah, we had one <clears> that I know that I know, of, but it's gone now. So yeah, we well, sold it to an anonymous person. Something uh, in response to that question as well. Will, well, will, well, will, watery, watery, well, will. Um, we did get the absolute edition of Multiversity in two days ago, <laughs> and it is the best looking book I've ever seen. So much so 
uh i'm i'm we're gonna we're gonna restart batman in quarantine and do an episode by episode read of it so everyone should buy yeah it's only eight or nine issues but everyone should get a copy of multiversity or that absolute edition of it we got six of them i'm taking one it is so much back matter it has that whole pax americana issue printed in like chronology the right order and then it has the whole like penciled black and white deluxe edition in the bonus features nice so many like development pages and script pages and morrison interviews i am excited roman are you excited yes you're gonna do that podcast with me sure jenga will you there's some rough there's some rough issues in there but sure (laughs) it's only like eight or nine issues yeah yeah and some of them sucked i don't remember (laughs) i don't remember enough about it honestly I actually don't remember very well either, except for the multiversity issue itself. Yeah, the, like the, yeah. the Pax Americana. The Pax Americana, yeah. Which is, I still think, maybe the best single issue of all time. Um, yeah, that's great. But yeah, and it was delayed and it was coming out. And I never read any of it <clears> again. <throat> so I only read them each one time. And I don't think I was able to kind of make sense of it as it was coming out with that much time between it. So I'm excited to give it another look. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to not writing off every issue except one. Yeah. Because that, that will probably happen. But I as, think there were real. some real watery floppos in that. Well, listen, he's a nice guy. He's a fantastic guy. Um, what was the what was the best thing anyone read this week? I think I know what the best thing I read was. I I would have to say for me it was a top up. It was top 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 <laughs> You're such a doobie <laughs> head. Uh, I was did... gonna say like a a dumbo, and then because of that whole thing earlier, where I thought you called me a douche, I almost called you a douche, which is pretty out of character, especially for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, like, oh, and, you're a cleaning instrument. But then my yeah. my brain got stuck on that moment for a second, and I just made that weird That's, sound that came out a of good me. Sound. Thanks. Well, I would say Justice Society of America or Damn Them All were my favorite books. <sighs> I think I would agree. I think I would agree. I think I would agree. Roman, what what weirdo thing did you read that we didn't even know we received, even even though we counted them, (laughs) that is the best comic of the month? My my favorites for the week were Justice Society of America and one I know you guys didn't read, Star Trek Lower Decks number three. Bingo! (laughs) Sounds like let's get into Justice Society of America then, since we all loved it. Jeff Johns, so you know it's going to be good. Because it's got a Jeff writer. Exactly. They're all good except Jeff King. And Jeff Figley. Um, pretty good writer. <laughs> I hardly know her. Uh, written by Jeff Johns, <laughs> art by Mikhail Janine. Um, so the collaborative team that did a lot of the Batman run with Tom King. Uh, this is the first issue, but it directly follows up the new Golden Age issue that came out about a month ago, which had a lot of elements, Flashpoint Beyond, peppered into it with also little bits of Dark Crisis. And this sees Helena Wayne on the hunt for some missing Justice League members. Justice Society members. Sorry, thank you. Justice Society members. I'm going to do that a lot, I think. I guess the first question I have, you guys, is does this Helena Wayne fit... In with the Tom King timeline. I think we discussed this a little bit, but I don't notice anything in here that says it couldn't be the woman. Like, does that is that right to you guys? I think that this is the Earth Two Helena Wayne. Okay, Helena, Helena. So does it take place on Earth Two? I don't know. What is canon? I just want to know. I didn't get the feeling that this was that this was Tom King's setting. That's what I thought, too. Like, it, it felt like to me it could become the Batman Catwoman story where she has become Batman. 
Um, and it also felt like it fit in with, although I'm not sure if it's it fit in with the. Definitively not, because okay. Batman dies of cancer in that and he gets killed by mm. some stranger in this. Okay. So, and that's what happened to Batman in the Earth 2 okay. story Perfect. from so, the Bronze Age. So this is not just the not same artist. And uh, yeah. Okay. That's good. I like having that clarified. I will have to work harder to understand then where and how this fits in than I was working myself to do, which is fine. That's comics. All right. We're all trying to wiggle around continuity, our brains to make it fit. It's just been a long time since we've had to, but how could the earth two person be here? Okay. Cause I think I, you just kind of have to mush your like smooth out your brain a little bit and let Jeff Johns just, just do his thing. Cause this is, a very complex web of timelines and characters that I'm not super familiar with. Um, but I think that the, the story that's happening here is really fun. And Oh, I think it's, yeah. So, so <clears throat> much fun. Yeah. And it ties into some things I do recognize like that, uh, uh, snow globe flashpoint beyond flashpoint beyond. That's where like the flashpoint universe is existing. Right. Yep. Yep. And, uh, some things that Roman is probably a lot better at than I am, which is just a society of America and tantric activities, tantric society of America. Yeah. Roman, you, you, you like this is what we could agree upon, but um, can you I do since so you the say very, things that actually matter? Talk about it. So the first very first page, I, I mean, I've read this twice on the first page. I still don't know because John's is kind of doing a Tom King thing, jumping around in time with the narrative, the bottom of the first page, the, panel says one year from now we don't know when now is exactly and i'm still confused is that baby helena i think so and is and is now like now or is now like what year is now <laughs> i would assume <clears throat> modern continuity yeah and i couldn't tell because later on it says but it doesn't make 26 it years later but then but then the storyline that's from that point on 26 years from now involves the current Dr. Fate, who is right now the current Dr. Fate, but also is Dr. Fate 26 years from now, which is fine. Kent Nelson was Dr. Fate for, you know, 40 years or something. But Yeah. I just like that the first two panels are year one references, like ripped directly from the pages. Yeah, I didn't notice that, but oh. I'm just kidding. I, I, I even joked with Justin <laughs> that those were year one references. Um, Justin. Justin came in the store on Wednesday, hung out. Oh. Um, yeah, it it's... It's what Jeff Johns, I think, does so, so well, which is um, makes me care about things that I wouldn't immediately think that I would. Like, I've wanted to like the Justice Society of America. I've tried any incarnation of it that's come out or books that they've been in for mm -hmm. a while now. But he threads the needle so well with, like, just touching on moments of continuity that you do know and care about. So, like, the yeah. gravity of these larger characters kind of, you know, weaves through... Uh, this whole thing which i i think is really well done on his part the art is also really gorgeous but it's just a fun like mystery like it's the it's same thing that like flashpoint beyond was like i just loved reading it and i love the feeling of like not knowing what's going on and feeling like the person that is writing it has a larger deference for the history of comic books than i do so like i trust them right whereas like scott snyder i'm like i know you like comics but you're just like a <clears throat> chaos machine out here. You don't respect anything. You're, ju you're just putting things on top of comics. And this is kind of weaving things in with comics. Yeah. Yeah, Django. Yeah. I love the art in this. There's a panel where uh, is it Huntress is standing on uh, the GBS sign. Yeah. And just the, the foreshortening in that is, yeah. is amazing. There's a lot of kind of old school Justice League, like Adam Hughes 
Kev McGuire kind of art in here. And it's it's all Mikhail Janin, but um, he he does some really cool stuff with the styles. One of his pages even looks like um, Jerry Ordway, who I think I, did a lot of the uh, old uh, yeah. Justice Society books. I love that it's got like his art had to have a different colorist when he was doing the Batman run because it, it felt like at times it almost had like a digital feel to it. Like, mm-hmm. there, you know, and this doesn't really have that as much. Jordy Blair is doing the colors here. I, I'd have yeah. to look who did them before, but I think this oh. fits perfectly. Uh, interesting. Guest art by Jerry Ordway. Like I said, it looked like. Yeah. Got calling Steve Lieber and Brandon Peterson. So he didn't do every single page. Good to he know. Didn't. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is this is a really good setup for a mystery, and it's just like information piped directly into your brain. It's piped right into your brain. Sorry, I'm still like looking at it. And I was just looking. Also, those credits are laid out weird. It's it yeah. just makes me really excited for the ride. Yeah, for sure. For Roman, you're sure. you are the living embodiment of Justice <clears throat> Society. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'd like to be. Yeah, um, yeah. Notice over there. This is a lot of fun. I. <clears throat> It's cool that uh, John's is working in um, in this. Huntress has formed a replacement Justice Society, and the only original member is Power Girl. Though, well, I shouldn't say original member; she wasn't an original member. It, the only leftover member, maybe only survivor, is Power Girl, and she's so in character because there's some pages in the back when they says eighteen years from now, one year from now, in 1976. The 1976 panel is the cover from the 1976 issue of all-star comics oh yeah it is yeah and and, yeah yeah it's the first appearance of power girl and in that series she was the new unproven character that was always had a chip on her shoulder and was trying to prove herself and and so just so fitting that she's the survivor here the legacy character and she's so mad and angry at these new schlubs that are all ex-villains that are pretending to be the justice society and they don't even care (laughs) Roman, might I ask you a question about that same page? Yeah. Um, in the 1951 shot, it's got the big red lantern guy with "Give me my daughter." What, do you know anything about that? He's a new character. Oh, so he's okay. I was I was just wondering if that was an, in fact a new character because yeah, it mentions a red lantern in this, but it's not like the red lantern red lantern. Yeah, he's a retroactive old Green okay. Lantern villain that's new, which I think is pretty cool because I think so too. He's, I mean, Alan Scott had a great costume, and it looks great in red, too. It looks well, great in red, too, and I'm excited to see what will power that battery. Sorry, Jingo. That kind of seems like sort of one of the running themes of Jeff John's stuff at DC right now, right? Is like retconning some characters into the olden days, like all those sidekicks that they're looking for in Stargirl. And yep. like I'm I'm super into the idea of um, all these watery floppos that were behind yeah. the scenes that we didn't know about, you know? Also, this double page spread of like, you know, Power Girl or Helena getting thrown back in time. Like, I didn't quite notice just like the there's the big line going through all of them. But the way that like the panels bend out on that yeah. line, like the gutters are yeah. bending. It's 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 a really well portrayed uh, little playing with the the form there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's beautifully done. And this oh, this is so intriguing. I mean, the Flash is Jay Garrick having a daughter, a super powered daughter. daughter. That's new, too. So it's going to be a lot of fun discovering these new characters and, and going along with this mystery. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I gave it a 9.0 gents. I give it Nine a 9.0. I'm really excited to read a mystery that I trust the writer who is not Tom King. Yeah. Cause I feel like I keep getting these mystery setups and, and don't love the payoffs if they ever even happen. And, and yeah. I think Jeff Johns is going to um, at least give us everything I want out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, we should do another podcast after we finish Multiversity and Batman in Quarantine, uh, uh-huh. where we do Identity Crisis. Ooh, I remember liking that, but I don't so think it stood up super well. But I, I remember really liking it. I, I really want to read it. Never have, never finished. That's the one where they fight the fight Deathstroke, right? That's it. That's just DC Universe right now. They're just, they're oh, just no, fight I, Deathstroke I mean, now. I mean, the last well, time yeah. Deathstroke, yeah, the last there time is, Deathstroke was good. Identity there Crisis. A, there is a, a issue where he has a big fight with everybody, but yeah, yeah it's the murder of Sue Dibney. Yeah, that was a good story. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of score do you give this one, Roman? Oh, I give it a nine point five. Nice. Should I go back and read all of the Jeff Johns old JLA stuff? JL Yes. Yes. You should. We should. Okay, so maybe we'll start a podcast yes. after. It is, it, it is really. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, a great yeah. run. Okay. All yeah. Right. I'll put aside song. my differences with the, the society and, and read it. Listen, you and society have been buttonheads for a while. Django, take me away to damn them all. You're fill-in for a Constantine <clears throat> book. Damn, this is more than a fill-in for a Constantine book, Jeff. This is just a side story in a Constantine book. I think we almost see John Constantine in this, actually. Um we just keep following this young lady magician and her um, companion from New Orleans who has a, has a pretty good secret origin in here where she uh, she shows up at a school shooter situation and instead of talking the kid out of things, she hostage negotiates him into killing himself on purpose. And uh, I, I thought that was a really interesting twist and, and probably a pretty realistic uh, consequences for her. I really liked... Yeah, the way that that played out and the way that that would be a good problem. But Django, it's they said Bourbon Streets. So this is Washington, D.C. Uh, bourbons in Washington? Bourbon Streets in Washington, D.C., yeah. I think I think the wrought iron in that picture is the universal signature of New Orleans in comic mm-hmm. books. No, <laughs> no. Um, and we get to meet a couple more demons. There's a, a like demons are just kind of loose and running through the streets. And every time somebody sees them, they throw up or or have a crisis in their brains. Um, and they come up with an interesting way to summon uh, one of the, the few demons that hasn't been captured and, re- and, and uh, is being used for this, this thing. It's, it's a very dense comic. I don't think I can really describe it or explain it super well, but it's, it's just everything I loved about Hellblazer when it was good. And um, the art's great. Charlie Adler, Cy Spurrier has got a really good voice for all these characters. And, um, just the close ties to John Constantine, who is absolutely one of my favorite characters, is is really well done. I do yeah, love. Sorry, Roman, please go. Yeah, and there's a great um, crime element. I mean, of course, it's a crime, but there's just a great kind of crime writing element going on here, combined with all the the occult stuff. Because they're kind of solving a mystery that happens to have demons with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. It feels like a crime book that, you know, that just happens to have, you know, demons as the criminals, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> or just bad humans using the demons as criminals. <clears throat> yeah, I really like the way that they did that. The thing with the proof loss demon, which is the like, they mm-hmm. taught they were teaching us, you know, things about the history of the Ars Goetia and and the book before it. And I, you know, I, I'm sure that it is a real thing that that demon isn't included in the you know basically the second incarnation of a book and then so that the fact that that would allow him to have been more difficult to be summoned because they don't have right. a sigil like all of that is very very intelligent also Django, they guy, set it up and then they just let him then then it's easy to summon him yeah right? that guy looks kind of like your dad in a suit 
on the last page. Oh, the guy with no eyes. The mystery guy in New Orleans. Whoa, he kind of does. Weird. Weird. Huh. Do you think they just Googled picture of a guy on a bench in New Orleans and your dad showed up? And they <laughs> Probably AI. Probably AI. Yeah, dude, that, that demon who got proof loss. Yeah. You know what his middle name was? No. Watery Floppo. Yeah, it was. Hey, uh, I, a strong... Uh, this is like Justin's favorite first issue that seemed to have come out in a while. He nice. loved the first issue of this. He was raving about it. So a little, uh, I'll be the middleman between a Justin re- uh, review and the world. Um, but he was very excited about this coming out. Uh, and yeah, we were talking about how the art works really well in it. And if you had asked me with like the Walking Dead artist, how much I would like to see them do other things, I never really loved yeah. the art in Walking Dead. Like it was just a thing. That, like it was a black and white comic. You kind of endured it or whatever. Um, but I think it works really well in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see him colored. I'm curious to see him colored superhero style because this is pretty muted. Mm-hmm. And I think it works really well. But I'd, I'd like to see what happens when somebody goes pigment wild on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like Moido and Afoy. Moido and Afoy. Roman, do you like do you like this? Do you think this is an aborted Constantine's comic? It's funny. I totally see it now. But I that uh, Con- Constantine, I've been trying to teach myself to train myself to say Constantine because yeah. apparently that's how you're supposed to say it. Yeah. It just sounds, it sounds goofy for our, Ameri- our American tongues. Um, but yeah, that didn't actually occur to me, but now I see it. Um, uh, but to answer your question, no. <laughs> what, what was, it doesn't feel like a, okay. So I didn't, I didn't think it was an yeah, aborted. It didn't, it didn't story. occur to me until after reading in Django's like, it's like Constantine. I listened to some other people talk about that, but this is the guy who wrote that like, 14 issue Constantine run like yeah. three years yeah, yeah. ago that we all loved. Yeah. Um, and so, whenever you see her uncle in the bar and it turns out her uncle is the crux of the whole thing. Right. Right. And it does seem like he is Constantine, but they're doing that tricky thing that they did in like issues 75 or a hundred of Constantine where the, he goes, you, you go to a bar and you meet all of his creators, uh-huh. but he's in shadow just like he's in shadow here. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all very meta boys. Wait, it's wait, a meta wait. boys. Who's uh wait in the bar? Who's who? Who is he in the bar? Uh, let's see. I he thought it is... was like in that flashback scene. He was the boyfriend of this. I thought you meant he was the the magician they conjure up at the end that looks like Alan Moore. No, he's the no. he's the guy that's dead. That they're that like he's the guy that trained this girl because she was his niece or whatever. Um. Oh. Um. Right after the flashback, he's on the top of the page check that out um yeah yeah, i forgot forgot his name but yeah but yeah like and there is some kind of borderline images of him in the first issue as well uh in flashback so it seems like to me it does it seems like it's kind of intentionally being like hey this is constantine but we're not going to talk about it i would think it's intentional for sure (laughs) i don't know that it i don't know if it would be i don't know if i want it to be an aborted script or just uh have heavily referenced uh we we call up sigh yeah we could call sigh yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't want to say that it is a story he had planned for Constantine because then DC would have more reason to sue him. But well, we don't have to record it. All right. Oh, OK, cool. We could just call him up and do that thing where we talk to him like we normally do. Oh, yeah. Alf- Alfie Hawthorne. That's his name. Alfie. I give it a nine and a half. I gave it a nine. I gave it an eight. I like it a lot. It's good. Nice. It nice. is a dense brew, though. Like you said, nine and a half, Django. That's a real high score. It's a real good book. Mm-hmm. Well, did you guys... Did you guys want to talk about any other books? Because that's, I don't think I read anything else. Avengers Assemble Alpha. J- Roman, did you read this? <laughs> yeah, did you read Jason, it? Jason, Aaron, and Brian Hitch. Yeah, I did. Really? Oh, wow, I'm surprised. 
I'm surprised too because like I kind of hate Brian Hitch, but <laughs> yeah. like it 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 worked for this, which was kind of this giant culmination of all these different series he's been doing and a big battle that will then kind of spin us out of it. I, I think like I think I think Brian Hitch has his place, and I think it's this type of thing. I do not like his faces though. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you've been reading all of the Jason Aaron Avenger stuff leading up to this, right? Like the Avengers Forever, and I have, and Avengers Forever was great. I mean, I've been kind of struggling through the last six months worth of Avengers main title, um, just because I knew it was all going to tie in. But uh, I'm a little burned out on it because you know when he first introduced the Primeval Avengers and like the Ghost Rider that rides a mastodon and stuff, that's pretty <laughs> cool. But it, part of the coolness was that. He, you know, you only see them once or twice. Right. Now they're showing up like every other issue. And it's like, okay, these guys aren't special anymore. Yeah. There's not, <laughs> they're not super interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I somehow have like stumbled onto many key parts of this run, even though I haven't been reading every issue. Like I saw like the formation of the evil masters of whatever. Um, I saw like the formation of, the, or like the first members of the council of red. Um <laughs> You know, like, there's like the I don't know. There, there's parts that I was like, okay, cool. I don't feel like I'm super behind here. But do we know much about this? The final Avenger guy that's wearing the Thor helmet and stuff. Avenger Prime? No, that's yeah. a a new one of the new ideas that uh, Jason Aaron has introduced. And there's a lot of big cool ideas in here, like Avenger Prime, who's like the apparently the ultimate or last Avenger lives at an Avengers tower, like at the end of time and everything. And we don't know who he really is. If he's, a... I bet he's like Stuart <laughs> Coulson with the super serum or something, but he's Raphael. Yeah. yeah I was thinking of some kind of Steve Rogers, but there's an Avengers forever. Part of the Avengers from all over times and different dimensions. They've gathered. There's like a core of Steve Rogers, a battalion of Steve Rogers. And yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's new. All the prehistoric revenges are new. The multiversal masters of evil are new. The multiversal revengers, multiversal avengers are new. It's fun and big. I wish that this was all culminating in its own series and not just like the next issues of Avengers and like Avengers Forever. Like you know, it's kind of doing a, almost a crossover thing. Well, is Avengers Forever done? Um, I think it's still going. It, I thought it was still going, but maybe it's. Oh yeah, it is still going because. Okay. There's, next is an, the issue of yeah. Avengers, and then next after that's Avengers Forever number twelve. Yeah, so I'll be reading. I think every issue of this as it kind of goes through these, but I hope it's got some actual focus and it really kind of feels like it's the end of his run rather than just like an event thing that's going between two series, um, like it's actually coming out as. But I thought it was pretty fun. I thought it was pretty effing fun. There's yeah, there's lots of even though I am kind of burned out on some of it and big Marvel events every, every month. Um, there's some cool stuff in here. Some fun moments, like when the prehistoric ghost rider is attacking Captain America and he's like, just yelling at him, do the penance stare, do the penance stare. Yeah. And, and he won't do it. But then it turns <laughs> out his, his mammoth is doing it to Namor. <laughs> and then when, and when prehistoric Odin and, and current Thor, their Bjolners crash into each other. And that's pretty cool. Do when, uh, when doom like turns giant star brand red hulk into this disfigured muscular mass that like it's just a red ball that's rad yeah. and gross yeah and he's whimpering and yeah. so much pain i do yeah. and i love this version of dr doom doom supreme yeah yeah that is pretty cool doom supreme what has he got sour cream on him yeah uh, okay. roman uh, liked it or like yeah sour cream and cheese i mean throw some <laughs> cheese on it you don't like it put some cheese on put it some cheese on it 
And I got to admit, just visually, the there's from across the multiverse, there's a, a version of Killmonger who's inside the Asgardian destroyer armor. Mm-hmm. And he's called King Killmonger because apparently he's also in that realm, King of Wakanda. And that's pretty awesome just visually. And I mean, the effing ghost goblin. I mean, you know, I love <laughs> goblins. I don't like Ghost Rider, but whatever. One of the characters I wish they'd do some <laughs> stuff with in the future is... Uh, the red skull, except he has yeah. the venom symbiote on him. So it's called the black skull. Yeah. I really want to see some more with him. Oh, is that like a red lantern? Put some cream on it. Sure. I hope that <laughs> I hope that we figure out who this uh Avenger Prime is. I'm sure that he'll be revealed oh, yeah. at the end or something, because it's a character from this run, but I'm excited to see who that is. It better be not disappointing. Oh, I wonder if it's Rick Jones. Captain Adam. Is Rick Jones uh, Hulk's sidekick? Yeah, and he was Cap's sidekick for a while. He was Rom's sidekick. He was been everybody's sidekick. Captain Marvel. Wow, Rom the Space Knight. Yeah, Rom V. Yeah, he hung out. Yeah, and him too. Uh, I gave it an eight point oh. Speaking of Rom V, transition. What was your score, Roman? I gave it an eight. Nice. We both Speaking of Rom V. Yeah. Detective Annual 2022, Rom V, Raphael Albuquerque, a hell of a lot of our guy, Hayden Sherman, um, and Lee Luridge on colors. Django, you read this? Roman, you did not. I did not. I did read it. And halfway through, I was like, this art looks different. And then I was like, this looks like Hayden Sherman. I should look and see if it is. And then I didn't do that. Well, it is him. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that he's getting... High profile work like this. Yeah, he's getting a lot of play, you could say. So this is called Motif Gotham Nocturne. It feels like a pretty integral portion of integral portion of the Detective Comics run that's coming out right now. Mm -hmm. And it kind of does its own thing with Gotham City's origin, which maybe maybe contradicts. Or challenges some of the Grant Morrison Gotham City origin stuff? Maybe not. I felt like this was set a little bit before that. I think so. I think you're right. Although the Crucible time, this had like Proctor was some people's names. Oh, yeah. That guy, Mordecai, shows up in this from the Grant Morrison. Oh. They call him Mordecai. Okay. He calls himself Mordecai. And I I never understood that fucking issue because I didn't know which one was Bruce Wayne and which one is the other handsome guy with dark hair in his 30s with square chin. They threw a lot of names at us in this. Yeah. A lot Um, of bastardized Batman villain names. So I just didn't even remember that portion of the Mordecai thing. Yeah. But this could be around that time because that was like Crucible era time. Anyway, it's an incredibly dense book. Rom V, I don't know if I enjoy your writing. I always like what I'm reading, but I can't really track it. And I don't know what it is about it. At first, I thought it was all these new Orgum characters because they show up on a boat and there's like nine of them and they're immortalish and have like... Mortalish. Have like you know, these customs that we don't know anything about until we start reading it. And it's, it's just like a, like a, I just have a hard time tracking the characters that are going in, in detective right now, but I really liked a lot of the story beats in this. Yeah. I feel like in most of the things of his that I've read, like, you know, like the vault stuff as well, like it's very yeah. dense, it's very polarizing and it can be hard to track. I like the beats and what he's getting at, but like it isn't always the most fun to be reading at the moment for me. But I do like yeah. this. There's essentially, there's this shit that's good. Jane, did you just throw it? Just make a sound? No. 
You just burp or anything? You just throw it, make I, a little. It was a completely sound? quiet burp. I was typing. Oh, was it my my chair? It was my Django. chair. I didn't fart. It was my chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Django, your sounds derailed me. Uh, what we've got here is this, you know, like 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 uh, you know, like the you know, a kid's parents are murdered, and like that's a year one reference. There's a lot of things that mirror what's happened in Batman's life happening back here. And it's because we find out that these people do this thing and they plant this like eternity engine in Gotham so that Gotham will always be recreating the same events, essentially. Yeah, like man-made legacy shit, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Kind of gives it an excuse for happening. But then how many hundreds of years has it been since this? And do we get more fake two faces and more fake oswald cobblepots before it sure, it's over it sure opens up the avenue for like 1800 batman or like you know yeah gotham 1630 i mean gotham by gaslight right yeah you're right maybe, it justifies all of the batman elseworld or you know i i, I it I, all happened if it, it all happened, happened it all happened and maybe this is a really good way of justifying grant morrison squeezing all continuity into one yeah, I like him. I gave it a 7.0. I I do like the beats. I liked the art, although I don't think Hayden Sherman's expertise is in drawing super iconic character faces that you can recognize and stuff. He's more stylized. I think that maybe like who was going to be Batman in this? And I didn't really know. And like there was kind it's, of like the Bruce. Anyway, sorry. It's the same problem I had with that other thing set in this time period like the dude with the scar should be batman oh and maybe oh he is <laughs> fuck i thought it was mordecai again every time mordecai shows up i think he's gonna be batman so 7.0 mordecai 7.0 <laughs> guys take me somewhere to a thing that you read that i didn't read i'm sure there's those woman whoa whoa did you read Star plush oh no go I, ahead. I did I, oh i did yeah i, I want to hear about star trek lower decks oh yeah uh, this is uh, issue number three of this series by Ryan North. Um, and it's it's every issue. I'm just so surprised it is so good. If you're a fan of the, the Lower Decks show, you'll love this because these first three issues are like an extended three-part episode. And the show and this comic are just full of, you know, great Star Trek pseudoscience explanations um, that use real science and political federation conflicts and, and in, in the the main plot in this three-part story is that uh one of the main characters boimler and uh his his buddies have been playing on the holodeck and they're they've been doing a dracula um program and as always happens in star trek the program doesn't quite shut off and the dracula gains sen sentience and becomes <laughs> basically they accidentally created life they created dracula on the enterprise and of course, eventually he escapes the holodeck and starts causing problems. Um, but then they decide, one of them decides, well, we can't kill him now because it's life and we'll be violating the prime directive if we kill him. Mm -hmm. We have to find out a way to stop him from killing us and yet let him like exist on his own. And that's just the main plot. There's some other stuff going on with a planet that diplomacy is failing and warring factions on the planet and usual Star Trek stuff. And it's just so much fun. It's so great. Do you watch the show? Yeah. Does it fit in pretty well with the show's vibe? It does. It does. I mean, it feels just like it's episodes of the show. Nice. I actually have to remind myself it's Ryan North because I often find myself thinking, oh, this is just a writer from the show. It's like, no. <laughs> nice. 
what uh, kind of score would you give it? How many I, how many watery floppos would you give it? Well, I give nine nine watery floppos. Nine. Yes. Wow. Nine That's a really high score, dude. Yeah, it is. It was one of my favorite books this week. That made me think about the Star Trek: The Next Generation episode where they like bring the character of like I, can't, I, can't, I was trying to remember, but like they either bring like Moriarty or Sherlock to life. Yeah. And like they do it like once every period of time, but he remembers it or something. And like, he's been trapped. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, another fun thing with lower decks and the lower decks comic is that they um, make reference to various past episodes of all the star Treks. Okay. Cause it was that dealt with similar familiar, plots or something. Yeah. I think, yeah. Sherlock nice. does is referenced in this. That made me think Jeff of Waffle how much Waffle. I like the Orville. Yeah. I know you love that. Show. Oh yeah. I read Plush, number one, written by Doug Wagner and artist artist by Daniel Hilliard. Colors by Rico Renzi. Uh, these guys, I can always trust to do something fucked up. Uh, the first one I think I was aware of was Plastic, and then they did Vinyl, and both of those were disgusting and awesome and gross, and this one is no different. Um a uh, guy gets talked into going to a furry party by his roommate and his roommate drugs him and uh he he runs out of the out of the party and into the alley and throws up and then turns around and sees uh furries murdering furries and then he runs out to find the cops and they don't believe him and he's got a history with one of the cops and he's in jail and it just it it's just like balls to the wall fast paced disgusting like did you guys ever see crank is this about crank no it's it's the other <laughs> one uh where the the guy has one night and he's uh running through the night the whole time it's got running it's got man the, no it's the dude from uh fast and the furious paul walker's in it um no well fuck it's a great movie but it's just like out of the frying pan and into the fire over and over and over you know like it keeps escalating he's He's, he's going from uh, running from the Russian mob to uh, being trapped by pedophiles to, you know, being shot at by somebody else. Anyway, uh, Plush is pretty good. Not for everybody. I would say if, if you want some little bit of the ultra violence in your life, uh, grab it. Grab it. I'm going to give it a, you, is that a reference to run, running scared. Oh, running scared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent flick. Um, reference to what? Uh, the, the orange movie. Yep. Cool. Orange Trump? movie. Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange movie. Oh, oh. Sorry, you're referring to our former president. Mm, I hate that guy. Um, Roman, did you read that 5. new Planet Cult? Sorry, dude. No, it's cool. Whatever. Oh, I gave Plush. New... Yeah, sorry. I gave Plush an eight. <laughs> oh, you read it? Yeah, I read it. Oh, sorry, wow, buddy. you're I the one that didn't know you read it. Roman didn't yeah, mean to roll over a... your dong with my giant mud flap such tires. Such a dickhole. I'm sorry, Roman. <laughs> well, that's okay. It, he, it doesn't have to be okay, Roman. You can Wait, get mad at him. You gave I, it an I, eight? Sure, I think. I had an eight question mark because I liked it better than vinyl, but not as much as plastic. But it's only one issue in. So Okay, so if we're if we're talking about it, I can tell you my complaint with the with this team. Oh, usually, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Is that it's usually too zoomed in and all the, everything's happening too close and I'm never sure hmm. who's getting stabbed and who's like biting a butthole off of somebody or whatever crazy thing they're doing. Um, but I felt like this one, they zoomed out a little bit and it was a little bit easier to track. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, that was my problem with vinyl is I felt like I just couldn't figure out what was going on. I think yeah. I finally, I think, I don't even know if I finished it. I might've given up on it. Yeah. It was, it was a weird one with weird looking yeah. characters and you could never figure out what room yeah. you were in even. 
Yeah. But I love plastic. That was a great slash. No, not, well, not slasher, really. Well, kind of. It's a great horror movie comic. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it quite a bit. So you gave it an eight. I gave it a seven and a half. Jeff, what did you read that we didn't read? Uh, I mean, the Nightwing annual. I bet Roman read that. I read that Planet yeah. Hulk book. Roman, do you want to talk about this Planet Hulk book? I read those. Sure. Let's let's uh, let's Planet Hulk it. I just uh, didn't care for this very much, but I also oh. never read the original Planet Hulk. So, oh, you could watch the movie. Yeah, I know the story. Um, did you like this? Did it seem like it fit in? Is it a worthy follow up to that? I guess so. I'm, I'm trusting, you know, Greg Pak wrote the original Planet Hulk storylines. Mm-hmm. So and created Scar. So I'm going to trust him with this. I mean, I really liked the introductory page with the Hulk bashing through rock. And after that, I was going to say, well, it's it, it's interesting. The world adding to the world, the Sakar. That was kind of cool. I mean, so far, I don't care about the the main character or her little brother. Um, it didn't grab my... it. Yeah, it didn't grab me like I was hoping it would. Yeah, I guess I was hoping it would grab me. I guess my main complaint is that I'm not much of a fan of Amadeus Cho, and it was definitely like a Cho Hulk book. And then yeah, we see I, Banner at the end, probably, but yeah, like yeah, I'm the same thing. I don't care about Amadeus Cho, and here he shows up at the end on that planet sometime in the future, I guess, because last time we saw him, he was part of the champions or something here on Earth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's all right. I'll, I'm sure I'll. I, I love the Hulk. I love all things Hulk. So I'll, I'll read the next one, find out what's going on. I like the fact that there's some nasty robots that show up at the end that are look like they're based on sentinels but we don't know about how that happened and i like the fact that they don't have water on the planet everywhere that's lakes and rivers it's all it's all molten it's all lava that's a cool visual what do they drink lava yeah they must have hardly noah they must have, they must have like really good rei lava filters <laughs> and there was a backup story that i didn't care for at all yeah, I don't want to see a scar, a scar book, a scar on yeah, scar. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like the art on it. She Hulk's in it, and I like her, but I didn't like the way this artist draws her. Maybe her face is too goofy. Yeah, I gave it six point five. I gave it. Yeah, I gave it a seven. Yeah, pretty close. So pretty close. I don't really have much else to talk about. We did get some origin stuff for Heartless and the Nightwing Annual, and that was cool, but it was such a small week. Unless you guys have anything, I think we could probably clean this mess up. I have. I I, I read three books at number two this week, and I'd like to just name drop each one, if you don't yeah. mind. And maybe Roman read some of them, too. Um, Jeff forced me to read Lovesick. And because I was embarrassed if you weren't going to, coward. Lovesick number two. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm going to read number three. I, it's it's super violent and gross. Like I like. Actually, it has furries that they murder. It's like a furry <laughs> furry furry murdering week here. Model of falls. Moited the boys. Um, but the, this book just makes me really uncomfortable in a way that uh, comics don't usually make me uncomfortable. So I don't know if I'm going to keep reading it. Um, <laughs> the approach number two. Uh, super good. The thing vibes. Um, it's got an amazing cover of uh like some sort of weird little multi-eyed tentacled things coming out of a human face um and the it's just kind of patient horror storytelling really digging that and then briar by christopher cantwell and jermaine garcia um number two as well and i think i like number two better than i like number one even so i would uh recommend anybody who wants a little more fantasy in their comic books i think this this would scratch that itch i'm not gonna even scores but they were some of them were good and some of them weren't. <laughs> no, they were all good, actually. Now, one is just so 
good at making me feel gross and I don't want to read it anymore. Weirdo. I thought you liked <laughs> things that made you feel weird. I appreciate them. That doesn't mean I have to like them. God, that was a really good response. Well done. Uh, Roman, did you want to brag about any books you read? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I mentioned it last time with the first issue, but another Star Trek plug. The the you I guess a Star Trek butt plug. Yeah, but that's a that's a different story. <laughs> it, it makes that energize noise. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't make the noise, but you know, it makes that noise. Um, no, the Star Benoit balls. <laughs> They could do anything with those replicators. It's amazing. It is incredible. Um, the main Star Trek series is just called Star Trek Number Two by Kelly and Lansig, the Kang the Conqueror guys, and oh, various. Yeah, yeah. And at Number Two, could you tell me how this, like, the last Star it, Trek series was Year Five? Like, yeah, is, and that was, and totally that, and that was, yeah, and that was really, that was really good too. And I don't know if it was the same writers, but, but um, this one for fans of uh, Deep Space Nine, it picks up after. With the ending of that series, it's okay. you know, X number of years later. And at the end of that show, spoilers for Deep Space Nine, um, Captain Benjamin Sisko got got uh, taken by godlike beings. Like I've I, never seen Deep Space well, Nine. You'll, you'll, don't worry, you'll forget, you'll forget about me saying this by the time you watch it. I do smoke a lot of weed. All the years of it. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. Um, so this series starts with Sisko coming back from whatever that realm was. And uh, just like Wesley became like a Q apprentice kind of um, snipes. No, the kid no, that everyone he became hated. a yeah he became the vampire hunter. Oh, as you um, wish, guy. And this series, it's Cisco comes back. Uh, he meets with Picard. He um, gets command of a of a ship because there's I forget now who the villains are, but there's some you know race going to war out there, and Cisco's dealt with them before, so they want him to deal with them again. And the hook is that there's you know. Beverly Crusher and Data from Deep Space Nine. There's uh, Scotty is the engineer from the original series. Um, there's, uh, I think, the Bajoran from Voyager. Hmm. There's somebody, there's one or two people from like pretty much every crew except every show except Enterprise because that was hundreds and hundreds of years and before all, everybody else. Um, yeah, there's no time travel in the Star Trek universe. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, Worf gets involved on this issue. Um, which is really cool because he's an ambassador for his planet now to the Federation because the Klingons aren't part of the Federation, but they, you know, kind of uh, uneasy allies. But we find out in this that uh, Kalos the Unbreakable is still around, but he's a clone because the Klingons have been cloning Kalos, you know, over and over and over for for decades, for centuries. Kalos was the one he was mentioned in, uh, I think, for the first time in Next Generation. He was like their... One of the heroes of the Klingon, the Klingon people, he, you know, did all these amazing things and, and, and unified their people and all this stuff. And they just keep on cloning him to be their kind of their political religious leader. Because they never saw multiple multiplicity. Oh, I would love to watch that again. With too. Michael Keaton? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I like pizza. I like pizza. <laughs> Oh, I could go for a pizza. Yeah, you, yeah could. you could. I like that we're living in kind of an era where we've been getting consistently good Star Trek books for a long time. I mean, the first like six or seven years I was at the comic shop, I wasn't hearing about you or anybody really digging Star Trek comics. Were they always IDW? Did they acquire the rights at some point? I think they acquired them like within the last decade before that. Yeah. You know, Marvel did it. DC did it. Um, Gold Key did it. Yeah. Everybody's done it at one time or another. Yeah. Kind of like smack. Uh, what was your score for it? And then let's get out of here and go home. Oh, um, where is it? 8.5. Hell nice. yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Can I mention real quick one yeah. more? Uh, Godzilla Rivals, this, which is a confusing title because it's in the Indicia, it says Godzilla Rivals colon versus Gigan issue mm. one. <laughs> but yeah, every issue of this series, Godzilla fights another one of the big, the, the, uh, the big Daikaiju. Um, and I just want to mention this because it was a cool fight. But the coolest thing is Gigan, who's the big, uh, the big cyborg bird looking kaiju yeah. with the buzzsaw oh, yeah. in, in its torso. Naturally. Yeah, yeah. This is the best he's ever looked. I mean, he looks like slender and robotic and and sleek. He's all black and silver. It's very cool looking. Because, you know, in the movie and stuff, he's always, because it's a suit usually, it's always got like this kind of, he looks kind of fat in the midsection because I got to fit in the guy in the suit plus the buzzsaw. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this actually looks, you know, scary and robotic. I'm just glad we finally got an IDW guy on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is IDW. Yes. So it's last or else one. We could just keep talking about Dirk Wood. What was your uh, score on that one, Roman? I gave it a seven. seven. Mainly, mainly for how cool Gigan looks. Finally. <laughs> and it's that. pronounced Gigan, not Gigan. I don't know. I mean, that's I have always, I've always pronounced it Gigan, but you know what do I know? I'm a stupid Gigan. Magneto or Magneto. <laughs> a, a Gigan. Yeah, uh, a stupid gaijin, 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 <laughs> Japanese foreigner. Um, on that <laughs> note, if you want to send us a voicemail <laughs> or an email, we would love it. Will Elmer is carrying a lot of weight for all you freeloaders out there. That's right. Um, and we love him for it. If you want to be loved with any amount we of, we ignore reverence, his question for it. Yeah, well, we're gonna come back to it for its own special. Yeah, thing. and also Django hates when you ask him to make lists of top things. Jeff, comic. Yeah. Jeff, did you read Superman Kal-El Returns? I did. Well, I read the portions of it. They were interesting to me. Okay, um, good. I just wanted to be sure you read the first story by Mark Wade. I, I know did. you like it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was really good. I love Superman goes that. to Hugtown. Yeah, they go to Hugtown. Batman makes an omelet. Um, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. There's a really great conversation. It's just really good. That and that, then yeah. that's the Mark Wade that I wanted. Uh, that's a great question, that's Roman. You could have emailed that to us if you were a listener and not on the podcast. We oh, would man. love it. Jeff at thecomicsplace.com. Send us those emails. Uh, we'll be spending it, sending out some channels into the Batman and Quarantine feed here soon-ish. No timeline specifically, but it's going to be happening soon. So reactivate your feeds for that. I guess that's all I've got, Django. You got anything? No. Come come to the Comics Place. We uh, we miss everybody from the last couple of weeks. It's been kind of a ghost town in there as far as our our favorite regulars go. So come in and that's, say hey. That's Django concerned about business, everyone. So pr- please no. make him less scared. He's no. freaking out. He's been freaking out about There's it. There's people on vacation. I just miss them. Yeah, just it's miss them. Right, I'm and all week. Probably yeah, fine. we got our Wednesdays back together though. That's going to be a big. Yeah, help. that's good. That, that was hard for. That's us. probably why they weren't there. They knew. They knew that you weren't going to be there. Yeah, they knew that we weren't. Although I've be. gotten to hang out with Carl Pietrantonio twice this week, so Carl P, Carl Pie, Carly P. All right, everybody, Pie. we'll see you next time. I'm Jeff. As always, keep watching the skies. I'm, I'm Roman, as as sometimes happens. I am always Django. And guys, I was mm-hmm. wondering, what's on your mind, what, what, big what boy? Were you wondering if you could take the original cast of Gilligan's Island, but put it in a different setting, like. Like in the Marvel space. universe or like the DC universe? No, no, no. Like in space or in a in a horror genre. Just like twist the genre of where all those people are trapped. I've been listening to a lot of the strokes, everyone. So if anyone wants to talk to me about the strokes, if you're a fan, that would be awesome to hear about. Is that uh, a we'll three hour tour joke? I, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to do it with you anymore, Django. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd put them in South Africa during apartheid. Well done, Roman. Thanks. Right now, listen. I ain't got eight bucks. I got twelve bucks, and I want that Wonder Human. I'll hold it for you. I don't want I'll that hold it hunter, for one week. That Hunter Human. I shot a twelve-point buck out in the woods one time. Out in the woods outside of Custer, and I was wearing a Wonder Woman tiara. Out in the my, woods. That's my lucky tiara. <laughs> Man, you killed an entire twelve punk, twelve punker elk, and yep. you was wearing a tiara. Yep. Wow, your balls must be <laughs> gorgeous. Your gonads gotta, must be huge. Got to wear a special sling. Hold them up. Oh, yeah. It's got Wonder Woman's logo on it. <laughs> yeah, big old WW. <laughs> or MM, depending on where you're Looking. sitting underneath me. Oh, my Lord. Lord. I love Munder Mummin. Munder Mummin. <laughs> <laughs>